podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boy, oh boy, the boys are back. I am so excited. Uh, what a fun Saturday that was. What a fun Saturday that was. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope this is finding you uh, with the pep in your step that is not usually there on a Monday. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, today's episode, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences in Manhattan on Saturday. I was there the entire day. It was great. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, the men's, uh, basketball win over Oklahoma state and take a peek ahead at, uh, the game in Ames, Iowa midweek. Uh, so, so we'll do a little bit of men's basketball. Then we'll do women's basketball. Um, talking about Aoka Lee, um, and her injury, uh, but also a Sunflower Showdown uh, victory that I was able to witness and then take a little bit of a peek at uh, today as if you're listening on release day Monday, um, 7.30, I believe, versus Baylor um, on Fox Sports 1. Let me look that up real quick. Again, I, I probably should have had it. Um, I, I didn't do an outline. I'm sure, yeah, 7.30 on Fox Sports 1. Uh, I, I don't always do an outline. Sometimes I just shoot from the hip. Uh, this is one of those episodes, so buckle in and we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, I will say, starting off, um, I, I love Manhattan. I love Manhattan. Uh, I know so many of you uh, do as well. A lot of you went to school there. Uh, a lot of you are fans who have spent a lot of time in and around Manhattan. But I, I, I truly had one of the most fun Saturdays I've had in a very long time and honestly it's it's the only sort of saturday um that can even compete with a college football saturday um i woke up early um went to early edition with my brother got to hang out with him quite a bit uh i i I know it's controversial i know it's controversial this might be like the top 10 one of the most top 10 uh, most controversial things i've ever said i like early edition better than the chef Sorry, I said it. Please don't unsubscribe. Um, so we went there, was able to hang out. The women's game, absolutely amazing atmosphere. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, was able to go to Manhattan Brewing Company. Of course, we'll be talking about them a little bit later. Uh, hang out with a bunch of good buddies um, while having some delicious beer in the best brewery in the state of Kansas. Uh, and then the men's game. Again, for, for a while, I was thinking that uh, the men's basketball game was going to ruin my perfect Saturday. Um, but they didn't. They ended up winning. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because uh, for so many folks, uh, I, I talked to fellow K-Staters who uh, graduate, move away, and you talk to them, and they don't get back to Manhattan much. Obviously, I'm back a lot for the games. I don't do a ton of stuff out and about in Manhattan um, on game days usually, you know, usually stopping by Manhattan Brewing Company and then getting to the arena or stadium. But 
gosh, Manhattan is still such a special place, and, and spending a prolonged amount of time there on Saturday, you, you feel it all come back. You feel uh, all those memories rushing through you. Um, and, and I would just say, hey, look, uh, I don't know if there's any doubleheaders rest of the season, but you know, wake up early, get to Manhattan, go get breakfast, hang out around town, go catch the game, hang out before after, just spend – you know, you don't have to stay the night. 12 hours in Manhattan does a lot of good for the soul, and I'm so happy I was able to. All right, we're, we're going to start kind of in reverse chronological order. We'll start with the men's game. And uh, look, 4-1, four, four tied with Texas Tech at the top of the Big 12. Um, but, I mean, you know, you're, you're a whisker away from being, you know, what, 2-3, and three, you know? Uh, so, so this team really has been the cardiac cats. They've really thrived in a lot of these late game scenarios outside of Texas Tech uh, with the five to grind mentality. They practice it every day, and I think that's just more signs of Coach Jerome Tang's brilliance and how great this current basketball staff is. Um, because it was another game where I came away thinking, man, uh, I, I just feel like maybe the talent isn't all the way there. It's definitely not where we wanted it to be. Um, that that was like outside of the initial jubilation of the win as I'm driving home, uh, I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, that this team just doesn't quite have it. Uh, it doesn't have that it factor. You know, I, I know coming into this season, and granted you're missing two pieces you thought you were going to have available, but I, I know coming into this season I was saying to myself, you know, this team might be a little bit more talented. This team might have a little bit more depth. Uh, you know, they don't have the two All-Americans, but hey, you know, they can, they can have a season just as, as good. And it's still all on the table. It is still all on the table. And again, tied for first place in the Big 12. Um, going to Ames and then to Houston this week. Two massive road games. Um, if you somehow pull a rabbit out of your hat and you go 2-0 and in those, I, I think it will be fair to start talking about what's it going to take to get a share of the Big 12. 100%. If you're to do that and come home and play what might be a ranked Oklahoma team the following Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, folks, it, it would be appointment television if you can't get into Bramlage for that game, if they could pull off both of these road games. Um, I'm not going to dwell too much on the road games. Um, we'll have uh, we'll have at least a Q&A episode that will publish on Wednesday um, where I can I can talk at least about the Iowa State game, and maybe we'll talk Fridays where we're staring down the bullet of uh, Houston. Uh, so that could prove me all wrong. And style points, style points don't put banners up. Style, you don't get a, a trophy for style points or anything like that. So even with as ugly as the game games have been at times, even as frustrating, even though we, we can sit back and say, "Hey, that should have been a twenty point win." A wins is a win is a win. Um, we can worry about the net rankings and stuff later on if we need to. Uh, we can worry about all these advanced analytics that are going to be on our team sheet come Selection Sunday, a little bit co closer to Selection Sunday. But as long as they continue to win, uh, this team is going to be put in position to maybe make some noise in the Big 12 or at least be a little bit of a spoiler maybe here or there late in the season. Uh, it's going to put you in the NCAA tournament, and once you're there, anything can happen. And we've seen Jerome Tang and the match that he has in the NCAA tournament already. Um, so it, it really is kind of the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. 
trying to balance out the frustration, even when you get the wins, uh, with the hope and uh, the positivity of what it could mean uh, for this team to just continue to try to find ways to win. Um, so that that those were my thoughts coming out of there. I, I thought it was another great crowd. Um, Sandstorm gets going um, at an appropriate time. They played every time we touched in the first half. So I, again, the Bramlage DJ. I don't I don't know what what's going on with them. Um, but but all in all, it was a fun game. If if you just look at it in the uh, prism of entertainment, if you look at it at a much healthier, uh, you know, perspective of I enjoy watching college basketball. Kansas State's my team, and they won. That's awesome. Um, I am someone who overthinks everything and talks into a microphone. Um, so of course I'm going to overreact to everything. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a win. Um, I, I want to start off talking about Arthur Kluma. Now he had, he had too many turnovers. His team, gosh, his team turns the ball over way too much. Uh, 17, of course, the magic number is 18. Uh, I think K-State has like an insanely good record under Jerome Tang when they turn it over less than 18 times. And uh, I think it gets really bad once you get to 18. But I, I, I think Arthur Kaluma, that that's the type of game I've been talking about here for, what, a couple weeks here? Because for long, 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 long portions of the game, he was the only one who could get anything done on offense. Um, it really was Arthur Kaluma preventing Oklahoma State from uh, really pushing that lead and really making it uh, to a point where it was unattainable uh, for K-State. Arthur Kaluma um, really has stamped himself as, I think, the undoubted best player on this team. Now, he might be that, but the two biggest uh, buckets on offense go to Cam Carter. Now, I, I think the bank in three late, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, look, I think anytime you bank in a three, I think it is far more luck than skill. But look, he was the man pulling the trigger, and it went in. And it was also Cam Carter and who they trusted uh, under the bucket, shot clock almost about to run out, the little alley-oop catch and tip in, and he banked that one in too. Those were five massive points that K-State is not winning the game without. He ends up with 15. He's able to really help uh, Arthur Kaluma down the stretch. But he also had a, a bunch of turnovers. And, and again, I I think that just is who this team is. Um, so you, you really look to those two guys to be the stars of the game. Will McNair, a guy I've been uh, pretty rough on, was 5 of 6 from the field with 10 points. Um, David Gasson... Two of three, so he is really uh, kind of cooled down. He spent a lot of the time, you know, in his defense on the bench. Him and Will or Gasson had 24 minutes. Will McNair had 25. Kaluma 38. Carter 37. Tyler Perry 30. Taj Manning two. Colbert 11. R.J. 11. Finister seven. Day Day Ames 15 minutes. Um, so uh, it, it really, I, I think you really only give. Uh, a, you know, A type of grades to Kaluma, Carter, and, and, and maybe McNair as well. Um, Kaluma led the team with seven rebounds. Will McNair grabbed five. Gasson grabbed five in his limited minutes. Cam Carter had four and then one apiece for Colbert, uh, RJ, and Day Day Ames. Uh, 
it, it was a struggle. And, and what's funny, again, when, when you take a step back and, and you look at the box score and you're like, man, you know, it, it was such a frustrating game. Uh, you know, fifty, but you shot fifty-two percent from the field. You shot thirty-six percent from three, and, and you would like to say, "Hey, you know, I I will take that any any day of the week." Um, but we talked about those turnovers. We, I mean, I haven't yet, but we gave up ten offensive rebounds to a team that doesn't even grab offensive rebounds. Um, that is starting to become. A, a scary little trend. After being very good throughout the non-con um, on the defensive boards, that is starting to get a little bit scary um, how easily we're giving up all of these offensive rebounds. Uh, so when you tie in the offensive rebounds, when you tie in uh, the amount of turnovers that you gave up, and then you tie in... Um, putting Oklahoma State on the free throw line 20 times and you only get there 16 times, that's how you can shoot 52% uh, from the field uh, and be shooting 11% better from the field, 3% better from three, and have that be a game that you kind of stole late in the game. Uh, so I, it obviously is not a, a game that you want to dwell on. You need to put that behind you and get ready for two tough tests. But there was some uh, positives in that game. Going at the negatives, again, I, I think I, I, mean, I, I, I think something is wrong with Tyler Perry. Um, two of six from the field, two, one of four from three-point. He hit a lot of his free throws, which is good. Um, two turnovers, uh, five assists, which is good. Two steals, which is good. Um, but the guy just, I, I, I just don't know what's going on. Um, I was hoping for roller coasters with Tyler Perry and, and, and maybe, maybe it is a roller coaster. Maybe it's just one big high and a lot of lows. And then hopefully we, we see some highs later, but, but the guy just never looked into it on the offensive side. Um, it, it was just a frustrating performance. And again, I don't, I, I think he got all nine of his points, um, pretty late into the game. I think, you know, at least it started a few minutes into the second half. So I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and, and we need to figure something out because again, while you're getting okay minutes from, you know, RJ, Dorian Finister, Day Day, you saw Day Day and RJ on the floor together, uh, you know, relatively quite, quite a bit. Um, but but you need Tyler Perry to figure it out. You need to find some sort of way to get through to him um, because, again, we're, we're about to go on two road games to ranked opponents. We're going to go two road games where, you know, uh, it might be like a four-point spread, five-point spread in Ames, uh, probably looking at 11 points down in Houston, um, assuming this week goes the way I think it will. Um, it's going to be rough. It is going to be rough. And if they're going to pull off any of these upsets, you're going to need just Tyler Perry to go unconscious from three, similar to Texas Tech um, in, in one of those games. And then the team just holds on a little bit more. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it was encouraging to see Day-Day get back out there. Um, he was able to get to the rim a couple times, two of uh, five from the field, uh, 15 minutes. He's back to leading uh, all the uh, the team in bench minutes, he was able to grab two assists, one steal as well, he, two turnovers. Again, everyone had all sorts of turnovers. 
Um, Dorian Finister, one, one of uh, his tougher games, 0-2 from the field, uh, one turnover, uh, one assist, no rebounds in, in those seven minutes. So we, we've seen Day-Day Ames, once he's back, really kind of get back into the favor of the coaching staff uh, when we talk about rotation. RJ, sadly following up that big shot versus Baylor uh, with an O of three night uh, from three-point. Colbert had his one uh, bucket on one attempt. He did have two assists, which is fun, and two steals, one block. Um, He had four fouls. Again, um, him, David Gasson, and Will McNair all had uh, a little bit of foul trouble. So it will be interesting to see how the minutes continue to develop amongst those big guys. Um, I've said it like 17 times in this episode already, but a win's a win. I'm happy for the win. I was happy for the atmosphere. Again, I, I was on a group group chat uh, before the game, and I said this is probably the uh, most people I've seen in Bramlage so far this year. Um, and I said hopefully the crowd doesn't need to get into it. They did late, which is good. Um, again, I think the team needed it. If, if that game's played in a neutral site, if that game's played in an empty building, uh, I don't think K-State wins it. I, I do think in basketball, more than maybe any other sport, you're able to use the crowd. You're able to feed into the crowd, and they feed off of you, and that really can be a game changer. Uh, so so I, th- I, I think it did happen. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, getting more positive, uh, you know, they, they let Oklahoma State get hot for uh, sizable amounts of the game, but when they clamped down, they did clamp down, and that includes in the final handful of possessions. Um, that's that's what makes uh, you know the Texas Tech game kind of hurt, thinking back to it, because K-State usually, again, so good in these situations. And it's not just being clutch and finding that shot on offense. It's, hey, things are going. Don't give them an easy shot. Uh, we gave up a, a one or two late offensive rebounds, but they're able to rally, get another stop, and grab the ball. Um, that's what this. That's what makes this team dangerous in any singular given game, and that's what gives me almost an odd amount of confidence. As long as we're in uh, arm's length late in the game, so it's there's something about you know that under five that this team just truly thrives on on both sides of the ball. Uh, so, and defense is is a team game. So everyone, even even the folks I was kind of a, a little rough with earlier, uh, they all I believe stepped up and played pretty good defense and, and didn't allow Oklahoma State to get a good shot. Didn't let them get to the free throw line. Once we got that lead late, we were able to hold on to it and get to the point where it was beyond a possession. And we we saw uh, K State winning when the when the clock went triple zero. So um, that's what you love to see. Now we got two. Big road games um, starting off in Ames on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Um, you know, it's going to be one of those games where I go straight to bed afterwards because it will be ending well past my bedtime. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. Iowa State, um, you know, if, if you look at the season that they've had, they upset Houston at home. They dropped, uh, you know, the road game Oklahoma. Uh, they dropped the road game at BYU on Saturday. They had a one-point road win versus TCU. Um, so it, they've they've been up and down. They've been really tough to beat in uh, Hilton. I don't doesn't look like they've lost a game in Hilton. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they haven't lost a game in Hilton yet. Um, so this is going to be a tough one. 
Um, I hate Iowa State. I don't. I think T.J. Altsberger sucks, and I hate him. Um, but look, they're spicy. They're three and two. Um, they're they have three uh, guys who are uh, scoring in double digits every game. Lindsey Gilbert and some freshman from Wisconsin who has an Eastern European last name that I'm not going to try to uh, not even going to try to pronounce, but I hate him already. Uh, so it's going to be important again to, to win on the road. I don't think K State's going to be able to do it without having Tyler Perry, without having Cam Carter, and without having Arthur Kaluma score between 12 to 15 points. I just don't believe enough in the bench at all. You're, you're going to need uh, some buckets from David Gasson and Will McNair in that instance. And then you just hope you can get a point or two off the bench to score one more than Iowa State. Um, if you look at ESPN, and again, nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect when it comes to any advanced analytics, when it comes to any sort of um, predictive measure. But ESPN uh, Basketball Power Index uh, has this as an 87.1% chance that Iowa State's going to win. Um, so, so to get that done, going to have to take care of the ball. You can't be turning it over. You need to be able to get the open bucket when you get uh, when you get the opportunity, and don't let their fans get into it. Again, I think Hilton Magic. I think all of it's overrated, but look, that's because I like to hate on Iowa State. I'm sure it's going to be a pretty packed stadium. You let the crowd get into it. We saw how you know the team started in front of a hostile crowd uh, versus Texas Tech started and ended so poorly. I'm hoping they got them that out of their system. Uh, especially late because that that is a period of the game where K-State really does thrive and play pretty well. If you look at some of the other um, metrics uh, that that are out there, Iowa State is currently number 12 in Ken Palm, number 10 in uh, the net, and has a 22nd ranked strength of record. So that's, you know, not strength of schedule, but how tough is it to have that record with your schedule. K-State 56 in Ken Palm, 71 in net, and 34 in strength of record. Again, this this is going to be um, a tough game. Make no mistake about it. K-State will be the underdogs. K-State should be the underdogs. It is going to be tough. Um, Iowa State likes to play just a tad slower than K-State. They're at 66.6 possessions a game. Uh, Mark of the devil? I think not. Iowa State is the devil. Uh, K-State, we're we're currently 68.1 possessions per game. Now, you you look at the records, you see K-State has more Big 12 wins, you're like, well, hell, Scott, why why would everything be worried? When you look at the net strength of schedule, so the strength of schedule using net rankings, uh, which is what's going to be on the NCAA team sheets, Iowa State strength of schedule, 62 K-State 136. K-State currently has the worst strength of schedule in the Big 12. So coming up, playing two top 10 teams when when you talk about the net or top 12 teams in the net, uh, with Houston being number one on Saturday, Iowa State on 12, that strength of schedule is going to shoot up. And heck, if you can pull off one of these wins, all of a sudden your resume is looking so much better. Both of these are going to be quad one games. K-State currently one and one in quad one games. Uh, currently four and three in quad uh, two games. K-State's played seven quad two games. No one else in the Big 12 has more than five, and that team is West Virginia. 
Uh, Texas has three. Everyone else at most has two. So, again, uh, the schedule is going to keep getting tougher. You're going to continue to get resume win options. Um, and this is going to be an absolutely big one. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, I'm not, I would not predict to win. I, I think this is probably going to be somewhere around Iowa State 74, K-State 66. I don't feel good about this game. I definitely don't feel good about Saturday. Um, I, I think if you can pull off one of them, that would be great. But I think the big one is Wednesday, uh, or, or is it Tuesday? Whenever the game versus Oklahoma is on uh, January 30th. Uh, so, yeah, that's a Tuesday. That's the big one. That's the one that you have to have when you come home. But if you could somehow steal one of these road wins, um, you might be able to start flirting with the idea of, okay, hey, this team just has nine lives. Maybe that's enough to, to bring home a, a Big 12 trophy. So we'll talk about that. Look, you grab one of these wins, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about uh, what it will take to, to get a share of the Big 12. But I'm not going to worry about that until uh, we see the next two games going. Before we talk about the K-State women, uh, the sad injury news with Aoka Lee, but a big-time win over Kansas in Bramlage Coliseum, I want to talk about both of my great sponsors. Uh, first off, Manhattan Brewing Company. I, t- I talked about it in the opening. I went there in between games, had a couple pints, grabbed a couple four-packs, and had them fill up a couple crowlers because that's what you got to do every time you come to Manhattan. Look, they, they truly do have the best beers in the state they have such a great variety whether you like ipas you like something more malty you like something a little fruity you like something a little sour you like something crisp they literally have everything you could want and and amongst the group i was with there's a handful of people who are just going to town on their sangria yeah that's right they have sangria they have bullet cocktails you can get a shot of uh, a bullet bourbon get a sidecar of bourbon to go with your pint as well Folks, anything you could want is at Manhattan Brewing Company. Do you like board games? Boom, you got it. It is the perfect place to spend any afternoon before you go and see K-State play. And of course, be polite, but talk to your local liquor store and say, hey, I want some Tang Party. I want some Wabash Ale. I want some Tasty IPA here locally. Talk to them. They want to sell you beer. And then they'll get it. And then, of course, Charlie Hustle. I was rocking my brand new Charlie Hustle Lavender Hoodie had so many people coming up and say, oh my God, I love your hoodie. Where's it from? I'm like, Charlie Hustle, baby. And I saw all sorts of Charlie Hustle because it was the Lavender game. And you know what? I give the lav- I, I give it a B. I give, heck, I'll, I'll give it a B plus. I thought the Lavender uh, out looked good in the arena. I'd be curious what you guys think. Let me know what it looked like on TV. I give it a B plus. And that's because there are so many people rocking Charlie Hustle. I saw the core or the, the varsity jacket. Saw a couple hoodies. I saw a lot of t-shirts. Folks, Charlie Hustle's where it's at. It's so comfortable. My mom, I, I for, for her birthday, I got her a KU crew neck and, and she loves wearing it. It is the most comfortable sweatshirt in the world. Uh, they have a great hoodie. I'm currently wearing the Kansas City Football 1960 sweatshirt right now. Got stuff in the Arrowhead collection. Hopefully they're still playing, recording this before uh, the divisional uh, matchup with the Buffalo Bills. So hopefully I'm still going to get to rock this on Sundays for a, a couple more uh, this season. But everything you can want, get over to Charlie Hustle. All right, let's talk about uh, women's basketball. Uh, let's, let's first start talking about Aoka Lee. First, there was a lot of stuff going on in the internet. 
what was it? Thursday evening. Uh, a lot of cryptic stuff going back and forth. I got a couple DMs. Um, I was feeling optimistic. I, I was talking to a few folks. I was thinking, all right, you know, maybe this is just a Twitter rumor go, gone bad. Um, it was somewhere in between. It, it sounds like this is going to be, you know, anywhere between four to six games uh, missed by Aoka Lee, of course. Uh, it was the KU game. Sadly, that's also going to include the Baylor game that's coming up this Monday, 7.30 on Fox Sports 1, uh, as well as the rematch with Texas. Now, that all hurts, um, but the hope is that she's going to be back for that Valentine's Day game up in Ames, Iowa. Uh, currently, Iowa State is tied for second in the Big 12. K-State all alone, undefeated, top of the 12, having a laugh. Uh, so you have a little bit of a cushion and, uh, not only a cushion for the big 12, which is something that I I've been saying all season long, Hey, this team can compete for the big 12. I do think you have a little bit of cushion, uh, when you're talking about NCAA seeding. Now you can't completely fall off the map. You can't completely, uh, you know, lose 10 games down the stretch or anything like that. But as long as you're in contention, part of the NCAA selection committee is to take into account uh, injuries that happened when losses were going on as long as Aoka Lee is back for the NCAA tournament. Like I said, my hope, and I think the hope around the women's basketball team, is they're targeting that uh, Valentine's Day game and Ash Wednesday, by the way, um, up in Ames, Iowa. So if that's the case, absolutely wonderful. I I think we, we already had one win. Uh, under our belts uh, without Aoka. I think there are a handful more you can get. And look, anything is possible. This this team has a lot of very talented basketball players. So who's to say they can't get an upset down in Waco or in Austin um, even without Aoka Lee? Now, uh, we'll talk about those games as they come up. I'm I'm definitely not going to predict K-State to beat Baylor in Waco um, without Aoka Lee on Monday. But I think it's going to be a scrappy fight. I, I truly, I, I truly think this team has uh, s- some real ballers, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the KU game here in a second. But they're able to get it done. Obviously, no Lee, and even Gabby Gregory had a tough time uh, scoring from the field. So I think this team is capable. It does nothing to damper my spirit or how much I'm going to be tuning into this women's basketball team because uh, they're good. Uh, I believe they deserve that attention, and I think they play a fun brand of basketball. Uh, and I still believe they're going to be contenders for the Big 12, and, and I truly expect them to be hosting some NCAA, um, NCAA tournament games excuse me, in Bramlage Coliseum come this March. Um, looking at this game versus KU, first and foremost, that, that, that game versus KU, uh, amazing atmosphere, 9,600 in there. Um Jeff Mitty talked about it in his post-game intelligent crowd, trying to encourage and cheer for them. Uh, when, when KU kept trying to get close, um, got loud on defense. Again, it, it was so great to see. And again, I I'm I'm just a guy. I, I've always enjoyed cheering for my friends. Even going back to high school uh, volleyball, women's basketball. First off, I, I went to Washington Rural. Uh, when I was in school, it was the the four straight 6A state championships. So obviously um, an absolute dynasty. Um, I think all four years they won the Centennial League in women's basketball. So again, 
Um, I was lucky to go to a school with so many high caliber uh, girls, uh, basketball and volleyball athletes. I, I think that carried over to my time at K state where I went to a ton of games. I enjoy it. I, I truly do enjoy it, but I was so happy to see that arena full. I, I was very happy to see so many, uh, young women, uh, and, and girls, uh, there as well, because I, I do think it is important and this isn't me trying to get preachy about it, but, but I think it is important to expose, uh, not only young girls, but young boys as well, to high-caliber women athletes competing. Uh, so it's not just seen as, oh, you know, sports are for guys and cheerleading's for girls. There's nothing wrong with cheerleading, nothing wrong with dance. There's nothing wrong with any of it. But I think the more you expose uh, young sports fans uh, to women's basketball, to volleyball, to soccer, to softball, we don't have it at K-State, but I, I, I think it does well to help grow those sports and continue to find opportunities in sports for women because it, it truly is the biggest growth in the sports category uh, in America. You see the ratings rising. You see the attendance rising. You, you see these stars that are being made um, in college and professionally. It, it, it's very exciting to be there and to help support that. And again, K-State has a great team, so it was, it was awesome to see uh, that that arena filled with, with so many different people. It, it really is a blast. I, I really would highly encourage folks to at least consider getting out there on Saturday. I think they have BYU on Saturday. Um, they'll need the energy. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game. And, and I think the most encouraging thing from that game is, I mean, it wasn't a dominating game. It, it definitely wasn't. I, I, you know, you look at the final score and you think to yourself, oh, 11-point win. Of course, K-State holds KU under 60 points, keep that, keeps that streak alive. Um, but look, you know, KU outscored K-State by four in the second half uh, to make things pretty dicey going in at halftime. It, it was 18-17 uh, going into the third quarter. is pretty close, and then K-State had... Uh, you know, a four-point advantage in the fourth to get to that uh, 11-point lead. But KU had it down to three at one point. And, and there were times where it was tough for K-State to get a bucket. And, and I think this is where they're going to miss Aoka Lee the most. Because when you're on a scoring drought, when you are having trouble uh, getting things going on offense, you knew you can, you know, run a set, allow Aoka to post up or seal off her woman and feed her the ball and she's going to score. You know, you are good for that five to six times a game just knowing like, hey, we can run a set and we know for a fact we're going to score. Some games, a lot of games, it's even more than that. Uh, but but you don't have that. You, you do not have that. Now, I think Eliza Moppin, I think she is... Uh, if she's not going to be a star, I think she is going to be a big-time player. She's a true sophomore. She started a lot of games last year uh, without Aoka there. I think she's going to be big-time for this team next year, but I think she's going to have to be the one who picks up the mantle and uh, really capitalizes on the next few games if K-State is going to uh, you know, pull off an upset or make sure they win the games that they're supposed to to stay in this Big 12 race because she is probably the most athletic player on the court anytime she steps out there. Uh, I was a little surprised uh, to see Amani Lester only have a, a couple minutes. I, I, I thought that she might be the one to get get the start. Um, 
again, I, 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 I thought it was going to be either one of those two um, starting. Um, but we started uh, Gisela Sanchez, uh, the Spaniard. Uh, she was two of nine from the field, only four points. But she did have four rebounds. She did have three assists. Um, I thought she played decent defense. I would be... I wouldn't be surprised if you saw uh, Moppin get in there. They both played 18 minutes, so really the the minute distribution isn't a massive thing. Um, but but we'll see what happens. I, I I was pleased with Moppin though. I do think she needs to be the one uh, to get in uh, get a little bit more playing time. Uh, she did have three fouls, uh, all of them. I I mean I thought she was playing good defense. Um, but hey, she gets that in check. I, I think she could. I think you could tally her up for 22, 24 minutes a game. I think she's going to make a difference. She was perfect from the field, uh, two of four from uh, the free throw line, grabbed five rebounds. Uh, she, so she truly was, uh, you know, a, a nice little spark plug. Uh, Zianna Walker, twenty eight minutes off the uh, bench, four of eight from the field, two of three from three, five of six from uh, the free throw line, grabbed four rebounds. Uh, only had one turnover. Uh, redshirt freshman a- again. I th- I I think that she will continue to get the minutes uh, that the starters uh, outside of whoever's playing center or forward that she's going to be the one to pick up those minutes. Um, you know, Taryn Sides had four minutes, but really it is going to be uh, Zianna Walker who plays those minutes. Gabby Gregory only played 17. She was in foul trouble. She wasn't very effective. So that's where a lot of Walker's minutes were coming. Jalen Glenn, 36 minutes. Briley Glenn, 37 minutes. And Serena Sundell, uh, who, who is going to have to be the alpha. She's going to have to be the one who not only runs the show, but when you're having that scoring drought, she's going to have to be the one to either get the bucket or find the pass uh, to get that bucket. She had 15 minutes, and she played 39 minutes. Again, a lot of this is going to come down on her shoulders. Um, but she, I mean, when it's all said and done, she's going to have like a 1,000 points like 600 assists and 500 rebounds by the end of the season through her junior uh, through her junior year. She was honored uh, for joining the thousand point club uh, before the game. Again, uh, magnificent game from her. Six from nine from the field. Two of three from three. One of two from free throw. She grabbed six rebounds. Had seven assists and three steals and three blocks. She, she truly is the stat suffer. She's going to be the focal point for this team until Ioka Lee gets back. Again, folks, she was four rebounds and three assists away from a triple-double playing as a point guard. She is the real deal. Um, I, I think that she all obviously has been... Uh, you know, kind of in the shadows with the star power of Aoka Lee and the big season that Gabby Gregory had last year. But this truly is her team until Aoka Lee comes back. And as she goes, the team will go. Um, you saw Briley Glenn ending up with 13 points. Um, again, she's only averaging six, but, you know, there was a time, so four of 11 uh, from the field, two of six from three. Uh, Jalen Glenn, three of four from the field, two of, uh, or one of two from three. Both of them perfect from the free throw line. Uh, six rebounds for Jalen, four for Briley. Uh, one assist for each of them. Uh, Briley had two uh, steals as well. 
Again, massive game from both of them. And that's what that's what it's going to take. It is going to take both of the Glenn twins. You're, you're going to have to have Serena Sundell. You're going to have to have Walker. You're going to have to have Maupin. And really on Monday, you're going to have to have Gabby Gregory uh, find things as well. Again, she was coming off of an ankle injury. Um, so I understand um, why it might have been a little tough for her to get things going. Um but we're going to need them all if, if an upset bid is going to happen on Monday. Again, you held KU to under 60. Um, the gap goat was going wild. Uh, you, you look at KU's uh, season. Again, they haven't had the greatest season, but they're almost always getting more than 60. So this is another game where K-State holds a team. Uh, it looks like their second lowest scoring performance uh, all season long. Um, so you love to see it, and that that that's what this team has been the best at. This team has been the best on defense, um, and if they can keep that intensity going, if they can keep that uh, assignment sound uh, mentality going, again, I'm not going to predict them to beat Baylor, um, but you know they're going to have a puncher shot. And, and again, you have uh, BYU on Saturday at 4 p.m., and then you're at Oklahoma uh, the following Wednesday to wrap up the month of January. Looking at Baylor, um, look, they are hot. They're riding a, like, what? Uh, well, they lost to Iowa State, but they, they've, they, they're still Baylor, and they lost to KU. Okay, so, like, I need to chill out. But those are their only two losses this season. And they had a close game with UCF, and UCF is not a good team. And that was in Waco as well. So, it look, is it impossible? No. Am I going to bet on it? Also, no. Uh, but this is going to be a game that I think is at least going to be tight in the fourth quarter. And if they can find enough buckets, if they can get enough stops, uh, they're going to have a shot. And look, uh, Baylor, I don't think they've been held to under 60 yet this year. I'm doing a quick check. They have not been held under 60 this year. So if you can hold Baylor under 60, like K-State has this great streak going, you're going to have a shot. You're going to have a shot. Um, their statistical leaders, uh, Edwards is scoring 12.5 uh, points a game. Uh, Andrews is scoring 12.5 a game. And then uh, Little Page Bugs, uh, what a name, uh, 11.8. And uh, uh, Fontaloy, Bella F- uh, Fontaloy. Again, I'm so bad at these names. 9.9. So, again, you have four players, and then they have Walker at uh, 9.1. They have scores all around. If you shut down any of their players, they are going to just send another one at you. Um, you know, I, I, I think that you – I mean, this is a game that you would have loved to have, Aoka Lee. They don't have a ton of size. So can Maupin, uh, you know, have a bigger game? You know, her at 6'3", Lester at 6'3". Um, that's about the extent of Baylor's size. So, again, this is a game you would have loved to have Aoka Lee. Uh, but, hey, it, it doesn't matter. She won't be there. We'll see what, if they can get things done. Again, 730 at uh, or on Fox Sports 1 down in Waco. We'll see what happens. And, look, if they win in Waco without Aoka, I think this team needs to start getting like votes for being number one in the country. I, I truly believe that. They're sitting at seven. We'll see what the polls do with them um, with this injury news. Uh, but, look, it, it, it's a massive game. And, and if you want to talk about Big 12 standings, again, if you then put another game, you would then be three games up on Baylor. 
Uh, you're one game up currently on Iowa State. You're one and a half games up on Oklahoma, two games up on Texas, two games up on West Virginia. And like I said, if you win on Monday, you'd be three and a half up on Baylor. So, uh, again, this is one of those games where if you're going to win the Big 12, um, it would be absolutely massive. Um, that's all we ha- have. Uh, Dante Cephas, it is official. He is at K-State. So, uh, maybe for the Friday show, I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get a football expert on to talk about how big of a pickup that is and what K-State still will be looking for in the transfer portal. Um, I hope you guys are excited. Again, two massive games. Uh, Baylor, uh, 7.30. Fox Sports 1 for the women. Uh, Iowa State, 8 p.m. ESPN 2 on Wednesday. Um, hopefully, you, you grab at least one of those, and then we'll get you guys set on Friday. Um, maybe a little football talk, uh, maybe previewing the weekend Wednesday, we'll have a Q and a episode for you. So if you're still listening this long, I'm not going to say nobody's listening because I saw how that came back to bite my friends over at cocaine. Willie, uh, if you're still listening, just know how much, uh, I appreciate it. I want to let you guys all know how much I love seeing you guys out in Manhattan at games, met a couple of you guys, special shout out to Tracy, um, it's been to honestly, I'm shocked that I haven't met, didn't get the chance to meet Tracy until just recently. And I was just walking around Bramlage before the men's game, like to get my steps in when I'm a little nervous for a, for a ball game tipping off. I was able to meet her, uh, before, uh, her and her daughters were getting some autographs from the women's team. So it's always a blast seeing all of you saw Kate coming in from Texas, I believe. Uh, so, so it's absolutely awesome. Never be afraid to say hello. I absolutely love it. So, uh, that's all we have. Like I said, we love you guys. Everything means so much. So for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, my name is Scott McFarland. We love you guys and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for Kansas state. The feelings growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Podcast Network.